From crypto winter to crypto geopolitics, from ChatGPT to AI avatars, from zero-proof identity to CBDCs and new forms of GovTech. Join inventors, artists, musicians, gamers, bankers, policymakers, and rebels for a discussion on how technology is reshaping our world. From our offices in Dubai, this is the UAE Tech Podcast. The battery technology in many industries is an enabler uh, for a wireless, mobile, and renewable energy-powered world. Um, a carbon-neutral world can only be electric, and an electric world needs batteries. Therefore, this is a key element, a missing element, to power and to, to make the whole world more mobile, portable, um, and powered with um, with renew renewable energies, um, and, and therefore it's it's so important that that we have the right technology, um, and uh, we we intend to address the whole battery market, stationary, portable, and mobile, um, and, and it, it's estimated to be a five hundred billion euro market in twenty thirty, and and uh, each quarter this number is is getting bigger um specifically with our lightweight lightweight batteries three times lighter than state of the art the electric flights become absolutely viable today they are a very nice concept from the flight vehicle point of view but here again the missing element is still a lightweight battery which makes it economical viable to have not only a 30 minutes flight but a, a two or three hours flight and, and, and this can replace also a lot of cars. Uh, therefore, I see a, uh, also with this new technology, a lot of new business models coming up in, in different aspects, which make the life uh, of the humanity easier without adding more CO2. Innovation in battery technology has profound implications. It can shape the relationship between states and global markets. Tesla batteries are now powering homes. Arguably the largest EV brand in existence today, the Chinese carmaker BYD began life as a battery company. But behind the pace of technological progress, questions do remain. The natural earth minerals required to mine for existing EV batteries are rare and require giant factories to process and scale. Industrial waste is produced at the beginning and end of a battery life cycle. Enter Theon, a Berlin-based startup creating batteries based on lithium sulfur rather than lithium iron. Compellingly, sulfur is an abundant waste product, particularly in the GCC, where it is one of the outputs from processing oil. Unlike cobalt, manganese or nickel, it doesn't need to be mined. A revolution in battery technology can change history. Can Theon's patented delivery system play a role? We connected with Dr. Ulrich Ames, the CEO, to find out more. Today, we're excited to be talking to Dr. Ulrich Ames, CEO of Theon. Dr. Ulrich, thank you so much for joining us today. So very quickly, for those that are interested, what is Theon? And how did you get involved in the EV market? 
Yeah, thank you very much, John, for this invitation to talk about our company and our tech technology. Um, Theon is a startup based in Berlin, four years old, and we are developing lithium sulfur batteries for portable, mobile, and stationary application. So the difference with our technology compared to others, we replace difficult to mine, expensive materials by lightweight, cheap, and abundantly available sulfur. That's really interesting. I know that you have a theory on the use of sulfur. So this is a technology podcast. A lot of people are interested in renewable energy and um, new ways of powering houses, electric grids, cars. But what is the, the role of sulfur? And I know Theon references that directly. Why is that such a big discovery for your company? Yeah. Let's start with our company name, the name Theon. It's the archaic Greek name for sulfur. So we have sulfur already in our company name. But let's have a look to battery technology in general. So 50% um, of, the, of the material cost of a battery is a cathode material. So the material which is on the positive electrode. So to today's material are nickel, manganese, cobalt oxide. Um, this is normally uh, mined in South America, Australia, China, and then brought to China and then processed there. 90, over 90% 90 of the cathode materials are processed in China, and that brought back to the different gigafactories. So that is quite expensive and not at all CO2 neutral. And in the uh, specifically with cobalt, which is uh, mainly mined in Africa, also child labor is is, is a problem so so uh, when marek our co-founder started uh, to look to alternative material 10 years ago he discovered immediately sulfur so, so the advantage of sulfur is it's a material which is a waste product from other industries so uh, it's nearly available everywhere where you have uh, oil industry uh, because I have to to take it out. So you have every everywhere where you have refineries, you have huge mountains of sulfur. Therefore, it's very very cheap. It costs only twenty cents compared to twenty euros per kg, uh, like NMC uh, and nickel manganese cobalt oxide eight one one. So significantly cheaper. And remembering that is fifty percent of the material cost of a battery. This is the first advantage of sulfur. The second one is the, the specific energy. So how much energy I can store per gram of sulfur. And this is five times higher than the state-of-the-art nickel, manganese, cobalt oxide. So the second significant advantage. And the third advantage is the availability. And the fourth advantage is, as it is a waste product, there is no CO2 footprint. It's available, yeah? So we, as a battery companies, we are the recyclers of the sulfur. If all batteries in 2030 would be produced based on our technology with sulfur in the cathode, 5% of the worldwide sulfur production would be used. So it's really not an issue. And, and this is our target. to With the use of this material in, in the cathode side, to make the batteries lightweight for mobility application and affordable for stationary applications. That 
sounds like a fascinating pitch and um that is one we should deep dive into over the next few minutes but i think context is important and some of what you said in regard to the economics of the ev market is fascinating you mentioned the mining of cobalt manganese nickel and it's interesting because the perception, of course, of EVs is that this is a complete revolution for the environment, a completely sustainable technology. Very few of us think of the supply chains that are involved in this relatively new industry. So can you tell us a little bit about how right now, what is involved, what are the supply chains, what are the challenges and difficulties with producing an EV battery? And then secondly, we understand the the pitch for sulfur that was very convincing that you've just made. Why hasn't this been discovered before? And what are the challenges, if any, of this new way of producing EV batteries? Yeah, very good question. Thank you very much, John. Uh, starting with your question about supply chain, that the battery business is a material business. So who has access to the right materials in the right amounts at the right prices uh, can win this game. Um, the production cost itself, it's it's not it's only about 20%. All the rest is the biggest part, 70% is material cost. So therefore, it's it's also a, a question of economy of scale, specifically for this traditional cathode materials like nickel manganese uh, uh, nickel manganese cobalt oxide or iron iron phosphate so you really need to big very big need to build very big factories to bring the cost down to have purchasing power to 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 come close to 20 euros per, per, per kilogram make this make kilowatt hour and make this um uh, technology affordable specifically for the ev market with software mm -hmm. Story now coming coming to the difficulties of sulfur. At the end, if there are so many advantages of sulfur, why nobody did that until now? Yeah, luckily we are not the only company working on lithium sulfur battery technology. There are twenty eight other startups. Everyone does it in a different way, and. Uh, we differentiate that we are using sulfur in its crystalline phase. And a, a comparison, as carbon can be a very soft pencil, but also a very hard diamond, it depends on the allotropy of this material, what is the behavior in a battery cell. The same with sulfur. Uh, we have chosen monoclinic gamma crystals, which helps us to come to, to a high cyclability. So many charge and discharge cycles. Drexel University from the US has stated that they have a, a achieved with this crystalline cathode more than 4,000 cycles. So the first differentiator is we use sulfur in a crystalline phase. The second is, the second problem of of sulfur is a chemical reaction during charging and discharging. It's called polysulfide shuttling. This shuttling effect um, leads can lead to a corrosion of the cathode, and then after 30 cycles, the cell is dead. So Marek, our co-founder, 
discovered and developed the process to code the whole crystalline structure and to with a special material and to irrigate this material, these two materials, sulfur and this coating, in order to block these polysulfide shuttles. Third problem, when we charge um, lithium ions into the cathode, the sulfur cathode, there is a volumetric expansion by over 70%, but nobody wants to have a battery cell which freezes, that would destroy the whole module and the battery pack. And here again, our co-founder Marek found a way to pre-expand with a very special irradiation and a fast quenching the whole cathode structure, creating voids in this structure for the lithium ions, that when it is charged and discharged, there is no mechanical change in the cathode structure. And these processes are patented. So each of these startups has different, different uh, strategies to go, go around that. We have patented this one. Um, yeah. That patent sounds like a, an awfully valuable resource, um, if that's accurate. And, and that does make sense. I wanted to ask it's, it's a question that's been a lot, of, a lot of people's minds recently, and it's probably a very simple question as far as you're concerned, but... Here in Dubai, it can reach 40 degrees in summer. And I was recently in Canada where they told me it can reach minus that in winter. How does, because uh, I know some of these EV cars are having problems um, sustaining battery life in extreme weather conditions. How does mm -hmm. sulfur react under different temperatures? Sulfur is a very nice material um, for for the uh, exchange of ions in the battery. But what is decisive in across all temperatures always the electrolyte. So the electrolyte defines the temperature range in the whole system. We have lithium metal on our on our anode, and we have the cathode made out of sulfur, and the electrolyte is well suited and will be adapted to the temperature range we need. But we, we, we have seen that uh, temperatures around 60 degrees are, are greatly possible with a lithium sulfur battery cell and minus 10 as well. That's, that's interesting. I know you also, I've got across you there, but I know you also have this debate on gravimetric and volumet volumetric density. Mm -hmm. And I think for the Greeks in the, uh, the, the geeks in the audience, that might be a little interesting. What is the debate on that, and why is it relevant? Yeah, uh, it's a, it's also a very good good question. It depends on the application. What matters more for the battery cell, weight or volume? Let's go to portable devices. Here we have very limited volume, and we can with our system uh, have around fifty percent more energy per volume compared to state of the art. For mobile application in cars, and even more importantly, for eVTOLs, electric aircrafts, here matters the gravimetric energy density. So how lightweight is a battery? And state-of-the-art gravimetric energy density reaches around 300 watt-hours per kg. Our target is around 1,000 watt-hours per kg. And this has nothing to do with a bonder battery. This is just the application of the laws of physics. These, these energy density are inherent in the materials we have chosen for our battery. And for stationary application, for, 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 for grid storage, 
here volume doesn't matter and weight doesn't matter what matters here is price and therefore it's so important having access to cheap materials and not materials which need to travel around the whole world and be processed and and having a very co2 a very high co2 footprint that makes sense um i wanted to ask about the geopolitics of this because obviously your company is in a very interesting position right now geopolitically with a car market in China absolutely booming and with a lot of sanctions, particularly over tech products and this wider question over the energy sustainability of Europe. Do you think these are things that are important for Theon or do you just focus on the technology and the science and practically building these batteries? Yeah. Um, the the battery business needs to, or the battery technology needs to be seen holistically. Mm. So we can separate materials from geopolitical availability, from CO2 footprints, and from the process technology. When we choose a material, we always need to think about how we will process it and where is it available. So it's a very yeah. complex a complex question. And when Marek started ten years ago, he had all this different aspects in mind and and we believe with our setup um lithium sulfur in that in, in this constellation for the different application is really a, a perfect match now uh, in addition to that the co2 footprint is very very low yeah as we are we are using waste sulfur as a waste material um th this is fantastic so we do not need to to uh to to uh, to use any additional energy to to bring that to cathode ac active material and therefore it's a very big advantage to use our batteries with this co2 footprint with this performance safety and cost advantage um to make each each application more more competitive the reason um why we are so interested in in the Gulf region is because sulfur is a waste product from the from the oil industry, and and there are mountains of 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 uh, sulfur available, and and this is a perfect fit. So we transfer waste of the oil industry into value, and therefore we are so interested to engage with partners in the region. Well, that's fascinating, and that was not something. I was aware of, and it's a shame you weren't here. We may have been here, but we, we didn't meet up for the, for the COP because there was a big debate um, during the COP28 over um, the future, and there were many voices in Dubai and, and the GCC that said, look, we're going to be using oil for some time to come. That doesn't mean that we're not doing everything we can to accelerate alternate forms of energy and alternate forms of sustainable technologies. Um, but we can't do that immediately. And of course, if there is a resource here such as sulfur that is widely available and can be used to power a new generation of devices, then I imagine that would be a very, very interesting prospect. Um, 
on that note, there, there are many things I want to ask you, but I wanted to ask you about going beyond cars because we're having also having a wider discussion on energy here and the energy of the future. Are you interested in powering more than cars in the future? Do you think this technology could be applied to homes or even businesses or, or other forms of energy requirement? Yeah, absolutely. But but let me just give, make a comment to COP28. Uh, sure. we, we had the opportunity to be present there and uh, we had also a speech and, and we, we felt a lot of resonance uh, to, to our technology and, and there were very, very good discussions and I think there's a lot going on now, now in the right direction. Uh, now coming back um, to, your, to your question, the battery industry in many, in, the battery technology in many industry is an enabler uh, for a wireless, mobile and renewable energy powered world. Um, a carbon neutral world can only be electric and an electric world needs batteries. Therefore, this is a key element, a missing element to power and to, to make the whole world more mobile, portable, um, and powered with um, with renew renewable energies. Um, and, and therefore, it's it's so important that that we have the right technology. Um, and uh, we we intend to address the whole battery market, stationary, portable, and mobile. Um, and it, it, it's estimated to be a five hundred billion. Euro market in 2030, and and uh, each quarter this number is is getting bigger. Um, specifically with our lightweight lightweight batteries, three times lighter than state of the art, the electric flights become absolutely viable. Today they are a very nice concept from the flight vehicle point of view, but here again the missing element is still a lightweight battery, which makes it economical viable to have not only a 30 minutes flight but a, a two or three hours flight and, and and this can replace also a lot of cars and uh, therefore I see a, a, also with this new technology a lot of new business models coming up in in different aspects which make the life uh, of the humanity easier without adding more co2 uh, burden. It really is a fascinating area because, as you said, once you look at it holistically, there's so many things from um, global trade to um, how businesses are powered, how civilization works. And, of course, this is a massive industry that goes well beyond just, you know, cars and mobility and, and EVs. We're coming towards the end of our time today, but uh, I wanted to finish by asking you a little bit about the situation in regard to innovation in Europe, because we've been doing the UAE Tech Podcast for some time now. We speak to leaders in virtual assets in Paris. So we speak to um, blockchain companies actually using the blockchain to sell energy tokens in very innovative ways. Today, we've spoken uh, with you guys at Dion talking a lot about um, new forms of or alternate energy and there seems to be a lot of inspiring things happening in Europe but it's also true that there's also a generation that worry Europe is not innovating as hard is not as pro-business as it could be 
Um, the capital markets aren't always there. I'd say in your industry in Germany, it's a bit of an exception, but the support isn't always there. Do you think that you can do this globally from Europe or do you need partners outside of the EU to really make this happen? Very good question. And um, I analyzed the situation five years ago exactly. And, and what, I, what I saw in order to become successful in the battery industry, you need, we need to have access to talent and to capital. Mm. And what is very important, we need to be courage, courageous. And, and, and this, we need to find the right people around the world. So it's not a, a question of nationalism or something like that. Yes, we have here in Germany very good conditions, smart people. And uh, the subsidies from the German uh, government over the last 10 years in the batteries industry created a, a great ecosystem uh, in terms of research. In China, we have a fantastic production base. And in, in, in the US, we have a very smart uh, application of funding and um, the willingness on VC uh, level to invest. So these three ingredients need to be combined and then we are successful. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that was a very concise answer um, that a lot of people would agree with. Um, absolute pleasure talking with you, Dr. Ulrich. Wish you all the best for Theon. Sounds like an amazing technology. And hopefully we can connect in the future to find out where the company is at and how the, the battery is doing. Thank you very much. Sponsor information. The UAE Tech Podcast is distributed by Alboaba Business free of charge. To sponsor a single episode or a series of themed episodes, please contact our editorial team or download a sponsorship press pack. Sponsors receive an article on Alboaba Business, syndication distribution on Alboaba Syndicate, email direct marketing across the region, and brand inclusion across all podcast marketing design, audio, and video formats. Alboaba is not a PR company, and we do retain editorial discretion and quality control as an independent publisher. Companies looking to support a dialogue on technological transformation in the UAE are encouraged to contact our team.